Welcome to the Bioelectronics Podcast by Neurocore. I'm your host, Rick Rowan, and this is where we can hear about how bioelectronics is changing healthcare and providing benefits to both patients and healthcare systems worldwide. Welcome to this week's edition of the Bioelectronics Podcast. Uh, this week, it's just Dr. James Summeru and myself kicking off 2021. Welcome, James. How you doing, Rick? Well, thanks, my friend. It's um, been an interesting past, well, what is it now? Nearly nearly 10 months. Yeah, it's so funny, mate. People have been saying to me, um, like I went to the physio this morning, for example, and he was like, oh, happy new year. And then even <laughs> he corrected himself and he was like, uh, actually... New Year? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, is, it, is a, it is a new year. <laughs> it, it, I must admit, it does feel a little bit, uh, not, odd's not quite the right word, but somehow inappropriate. But in any case, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, mate. <laughs> Happy New Year. Yeah, it has been an interesting, well, 2020 was obviously a, a, an interesting year and 2021 looks like it's going to be, um, you know, ne- next level level again. <clears throat> There's been, you know, uh, much negatives, of course, socially, and, and lots of positives for for numerous reasons. But um, what what's been the general consensus for for you in the in the industry itself? Well, I th- yeah, it's a good question. I think the industry w- has just seen a huge amount of attention. Mm. I think agreed with it being a, a major healthcare issue for the public coronavirus well say for the public for the public for the infrastructure for the systems for businesses for literally everything but at at its heart it's a healthcare issue Mm -hmm. and I think there are so many facets to it many of them can be at least helped in part by technology Mm. and I think whether that's patient facing things GP appointments that have to go to telemedicine whether it's actual therapy that can be done remotely, mm-hmm. whether it's devices, remote monitoring, obviously the remote part being a bit more interesting and a bit mm-hmm. more um, relevant in the current climate. We've just started to see health tech, as I say, get a bit more attention and get a bit more adoption. It seemed that at the center, people were changing policy to allow it to go through. It seemed that just a wave of optimism in general for it on the back of necessity being that mother of invention, right? It was yeah. just a case of if not now, then when, if mm-hmm. not during this time, then when would it happen? And I think we have seen the best of the best be successful from mm-hmm. a health tech startup perspective, from a company perspective. Mm-hmm. There are many businesses that have flourished. It seems like there's some real infrastructure being wrapped around us now in health tech and, supporting us even things like it sounds silly but regulation like regulation got a bit of a spotlight in the sense that a couple of barriers came down to let some things through they went back up again when things looked okay but again mm-hmm. it, it just meant that people understood the process a bit more people were looking at it a bit more people understood it a bit more and things are catching up essentially it just feels like the whole sector has had an opportunity to mature albeit in circumstances that none of us would have actually asked for yeah, true. I mean, it does. From our perspective, obviously, we're the. It, it's been almost a bit like a shake-up, if you like, particularly from the regular regulatory perspective. Yeah, and um, similarly for for us, it also was a, a shake-up. I mean, we um, we felt we were heading in in the right direction, and you know, you know, making the right moves 
uh, early in in 2020 was shaping up to be a you know extraordinarily exciting year for us by way of developments and then uh you know everything changed but what it actually did was helped us to refocus and to understand better with you know uh, you know laser type accuracy uh, of what it was that we needed to provide things like uh, you know some of the retail partnerships uh, got put on hold and and still are understandably although uh, that's also being worked through as <clears throat> as smart retailers are um, you know coming up with new ways to reach their audiences I think you know for a lot of small small business it is going to be you know challenging because uh, you know they're competing with big established infrastructure but uh, I think you know over, overall there's going to be you know new platforms there's going to be new opportunities and hopefully you know they can also adapt and, and flourish but uh, things like large retail contracts were sort of set back also to things like clinical trials. I mean, we had huge, huge oh, intentions yeah, for clinical trials. And you know, some of, some of the, the universities are still not obviously um, back to operational at all. Uh, the hospitals are, but, uh, you know, so those centres or the NHS trusts have got <laughs> different, different um, priorities at the moment. So it, you know, it has. There's been those those negatives, but the positives have been. It's forced us to look at things like uh, literature reviews. It's forced us to look at things like, um, you know, new new papers, as well as re-establishing priority clinical trials versus, you know, validation type ones. So yeah, you know, it has been a a, re a refocus. As you mentioned, it has put the spotlight on healthcare. And that has been a big plus for us, you know. Yeah, because um, there's a partnership with Moody as well, isn't there? Like, you know, leaning into consumer and, as you say, you know, refocusing and, mm -hmm. you know, in my opening gambit, you know, talking about how consumers are starting to, to find the right solutions for them, things that can be done remotely, things that are going to help them ultimately. And it seems that, you know, that package that you're putting together with, with Moody means that, it's it's exactly that right it's the sort of thing that could and can yeah flourish so, I mean, in, in a remote world exactly i mean if you'd asked me six months ago uh you know would you have a remote doctor service on your app <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, a genetic service yeah. yeah it would have been a probably a different answer um but yeah you know we're we're shortly to roll out you know a, an on-call doctor uh video service through our app um you know as a bioelectronics company that's you know, I think probably the first, uh, but in, adding to that, uh, you know, a lot of that, we, you know, even things like our patents and, uh, you know, our IP has somewhat um, shifted to, you know, to the, the types of remote therapy, to remote consultation, to the ability to, uh, as you mentioned earlier about monitoring and, you know, uh, you know, all of the things that, that bioelectronic or electroceutical therapies can be applied through the, you know, through those new focuses um, has caused us to adapt, but in a positive way. Yeah. And it's, it seems to me as well, from my position in the space, that the kind of, I suppose, forgive the pun, but the current of, or the wave of uh, bioelectronics hasn't really stopped in this period either in terms of the, the leadership team that you're putting together, the the, the ambition of bioelectronics, mm. the yeah, the enthusiasm for bioelectronics doesn't seem to have 
faltered because you've managed to really beef up your leadership team. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a really good point. I love the pun, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, I was thinking, is, is it an undercurrent? Well, it's kind of a bit, it's a bit higher than an undercurrent. Yeah. It's definitely a current. <laughs> but, you know, what we've been uh, doing in, you know, a lot of these new conversations and introductions and, you know, the the, the noise or the activity, I suppose, that we, we make in the space and in the medical space and, and technology and so on has attracted uh, some, you know, new leadership it's attracted some new investment interest and uh you know our our clinical side and you know healthcare and health tech in general uh, by way of expertise has yeah grown exponentially i mean we're extraordinarily pleased with that again it's sort of an adaptation we always saw it coming but we didn't see it coming as fast and and you know it's just accelerated particularly in that area of expertise and support yeah i think it, that's the bit that's interesting to me, right? Because obviously me being a clinician by background, you know, inherently evidence-based and everything that, that I do. And in fact, I saw on your, um, I saw on your blog, I think it was this morning that I saw it on, uh, on, on your LinkedIn, that Ardish has written a blog on your website about, mm. you know, electric, electric stimulation, mm. angiogenesis, mm-hmm. repair, mod, information modulation, like stuff like that. Like, and it's, that there's, there's just a heck of a lot of si- that this wave of science that is actually behind all of this seems to be getting a bit more attention, a bit more light. And yeah. I suppose with the likes of Ardashir that are going to be as you know, chief clinical or scientific advisor, mm-hmm. I think is the title is for you guys. Like with that kind of backing, with that kind of new research that's going to be done attention that's going to be on it it seems like the future is bright for this space yeah absolutely and the thing is because it is a well it's not a new era but it's a new era of focus mm. um what has happened is you know often like attracts like you know so um you know we've got dr arem tezartes who you know is 10 15 years uh you know using bioelectronics for things like wound healing, for managing pain, for treating, you know, diabetic neuropathy, as well as, um, you know, diabetic uh, foot ulcers, this, you know, she's an expert in that area. Then we've got Dr. Ajish Shetty, who is, you know, uh, 15, 20 years in uh, pain for neuromodulation, you know, spinal cord stimulator surgery, his focus now is on on you know external neuromodulation, our area of expertise. Uh, so he's joined the team, and then as you mentioned, um, Professor Bayat, Bayat, who you know uh, you'd have to say is probably one of the eminent authorities in the area of tissue repair and and you know wound wound healing. And you know when I it's funny when I'm saying that it sounds <laughs> rather rather <laughs> incredulous, but um, nonetheless it's it, you know it is what it is. Yeah. And you know they're, they're not the only ones. Of course, we've got some amazing um, team members with expertise in, in their areas. But just to name name a, a, a couple, um, you know, think about that that's happened in such a short period of time. I think it says something about <clears throat> the strength of of the vision and, uh, you know, the, the focus that it has within the healthcare sector. Mm. Um, you know, three or four years back, uh, three or four years back, the, you know, the big focus was on the, the big players who were entering the market, you know, those 
Feinstein Institute and um, Galvani, you know, backed by GSK and Google, Verily Life Sciences, you know, these were the, the big the big names. And, you know, McKinsey did that report at mm. the end of, was it the end of last year? End of last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, two uh, years and, ago now, technically. Was it? <laughs> the end of, end of 2019, October 2019. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, um, you know, pinch myself, you know, we're, we're playing in that sector. That's, yeah. you know, that's, that's where we are. And I would say not just playing, but particularly on the external application or, or non-invasive, you know, that we are, we're leading. So yeah, yeah, very happy. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, to, to 2021 for us, you know, as a, as a, as a company certainly does, does look bright and it looks mm. very, very strong. And if we can get back to, I suppose, the, the clinical trial element, is that something that you that you're looking to do? I mean, I'm just, I've got I've got all this blog up here, and some of the some of the stuff in here, I and mean, it's it's extremely compelling. Mm-hmm. Talking about you know mechanosensory and urosecretory epithelial cells that connected to sensory nerve fibers, and just looking at you know the upregulation of them, which you know is very scientific speak. But end of the day, there's 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 clearly positive effects that that are being seen at both the I suppose a cellular level, you'd call it the tissue level, lots of different things. There's, there's obviously plenty of thing. There's plenty of research that could be done on top of all these things. Um, what are you looking at for, for this year? Yeah. So we, we, without giving too much away, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we are um, looking at setting up clinical, uh, you know, a, a team specifically for, uh, wound we've got a, a wound tech or wound care subsidiary that will be focused heavily on that area um but in all honesty that's probably a little bit later in in the year yeah uh, because it's going to require a, you know a reasonable amount of resource and funding but uh it's it's you know already being planned out you know quite heavily but where we are now being able to pick up with a number of the the trusts and um a couple of of the centres is uh, around, particularly around pain, because okay, you know, with with remote treatment or at home treatment or having to minimise the amount of visits to centres um, unnecessarily, uh, you know, it's it's sort of come to the forefront, and you know, uh, global events aside, global health events aside, should I say, um, you know, lower back pain hasn't gone away. As a matter of fact, it's probably exacerbated. And uh, what we've been continuing to see is incredible results from our, you know, our early product, our MVP. And uh, so, you know, what, what's needed there is, first of all, some validations around those treatment protocols. But secondly, for us, you know, for us to start to on that journey of development and, and optimization, you know, as we as we get our our sort of new or second generation of formulas uh, to market or, or you know, to the consumer and patient, uh, you know, making sure that they are, a, you know, a step above where we are already, mm-hmm. um, and doing an even better job. That's uh, quite a priority for us. I suppose that's a cool thing about what you're doing as well, because you're sort of learning on the job in a way. I mean, there's obviously the MVP product, which continues to be in the hands of people, patients, mm-hmm. you know, athletes, lots of different people, all the people you've had on this podcast, right? You know, <laughs> GB bobsleigh team yeah. <laughs> of all people, you know, people are optimizing, their physical condition people mm-hmm. are uh having their pain reduced and things like that there's but it, that's actually happening 
yes, that's right. While not... you've while you've then got the R and D going on in the background yeah. to optimize it further. I mean, that's the I suppose the the uniqueness of you from a health tech perspective. Yeah, we we we've got the right now. We're not just a theory. Yeah, and um, but you know the the methodology of what we do is is all in front of us. And uh, do you expect to see any competitors starting to come through? Well, we do, but I suppose that that's that's the beauty of what we are doing is that it is it's our um, it's our research, it's our development. Yeah. So at any point in time, you know. The, uh, it's possible, I suppose, to copy a piece of hardware, firmware, um, for that point in time. But uh, you know, it's moving. It, we're moving at such pace that it's it doesn't really sort of. Uh, well, we don't feel it's going to impact impact mm. us. I mean, if someone else produces a, a product that's closely related to ours that works well, well, that's great as far as we're concerned because we know one of our key pieces or key areas is around um, education, awareness. Yeah, yeah, and awareness. Yeah. Um, but it, at, at the moment, we don't consider it to be a, a, an issue. As a matter of fact, we, we'd like to see, you know, more development, more more ingenuity, more mm. um, more awareness, to, as you put it, uh, within the sector. Because what's happened is there's, there's been a lot of the big ones that we just mentioned earlier that haven't actually done anything yet. You know, they've been working on it for years, but they haven't produced that's, you know, I, I suppose being smaller and, uh, and more agile, um, that's been a, a big plus for us. You know, we're, we're in the marketplace. Yeah. We've got people already benefiting from the tech and uh, we'll continue to make it better. It's funny, isn't it? I know, I know you and I have spoken about this before, you know, the the, the big guys, you know, the Abbots and, and the people doing the implantable devices. Mm -hmm. They've been doing this for a while. Same, similar technology, right? If, yeah. if not, if not extremely <laughs> similar technology that have been doing it internally, and uh, yeah. obviously you guys doing it uh, cutaneously. Mm -hmm. It's it's in, it's interesting the fact that it's, they've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. The technology's been around, but as yes. you say, you know, timing and all the rest of it is really important. And mm. you know, getting your foot in the door pre all of this stuff. Mm was uh was a, a stroke of fortune in terms of that moat to the competition but still yeah. you know as you say even if th they they start to show an interest in 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 transcutaneous as you say a rising tide raises all ships right and yes it starts to benefit everybody not least because i suppose you've got the uh you've got the ip and the software the ip and the formulations the ip in exactly how that electricity is delivered through the skin to actually make it work because it's like saying anyone can create a pill, but it's actually what the molecule is yeah, <laughs> that makes right. the difference. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're going to be releasing soon uh, or, or looking to publish, we think, what is probably the most comprehensive microcurrent literature review. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, today. I mean, you know, uh, obviously working through um, for peripheral nerve stim and neuromuscular, there is a lot of data mm. you know a hu huge amount of of clinical trials studies it's more common isn't it it, it, it is and uh, sometimes we we you know we've struggled in the past to, to find evidence so obviously we we <laughs> generate our own for one yeah um, exactly but but two you know a a good microcurrent um literature review we we've been unable to and you know i've been in this in this space for some time and uh, obviously, as we mentioned earlier, some of some of my 
uh, peers or colleagues have been in even longer than than me and uh, you know no we we don't believe that there's been a, a literature review like this uh, available so it's it's probably going to be quite an impressive piece that um, that we publish are there many systematic reviews and uh, meta-analyses on microcurrent yet well not that well <laughs> uh, s- smaller ones smaller yeah, ones okay yeah okay. yeah um but n- yeah nothing like this i mean i don't know if i'm letting the cat out of the bag here or not but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but i I, th- I think it will be uh appreciated if you like yeah uh, you know within in, in the medical and scientific fraternity uh because there is that they're just we haven't been able to find ourselves so we we so what we did is we created one you know we we, we put one together mm. I think that's the most important thing, right? Because at the end of the day, you, you do have this focus on being evidence-based. You do have this focus on reviewing the literature to see how you develop your product. And I think mm. that's always going to be respected mm. in the medical world. And I think in terms of, you know, what I've read on microcurrent, the things that I've researched on microcurrent and bioelectronics in general, you know, me trying to learn about the space being on this podcast, it seems to me that it could be relevant for, lots of different types of clinicians well in fact the types of clinicians that you've brought on board yes. on the back of this type of research right people in pain and anesthesia because you know anesthetists well, some of them do pain clinics and mm. pain is an extremely important part whether that's orthopedics as well you know mm. you've got orthopedic uh, you know orthopedic surgeons on board um uh, and as you say wound healing as well mm. which is super interesting um yeah I mean, it's interesting when, I mean, uh, as an example, Ardish's discussion around electrical stimulation mm. is the electrical stimulation that he, you know, most most people would think about that as that, you know, that uh, sensory uh, nerve stimulation, things like peripheral nerve and neuromuscular. But actually, yeah. what it's primarily referring to is actually microcurrent level. Okay. Current, you know, or microcurrent mm. stimulation. And uh, it, it's interesting. I mean, it is, you know, what we are doing a lot of the time is, you know, lifting the cloak on this black box or, or dark art. And, uh, you know, it, it's not actually that. It's very scientific and it's very technical. And, uh, you know, it's, it's part of our job to, to educate on, on, you know, what, what the possibilities are. Nice. So what's keeping you busy at the minute, mate? <laughs> besides I, this podcast. Besides this podcast. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, we we are in, you know, we're we've kicked off Series A. Um, yeah. You know, the the investors keep me quite on my toes. Mm. <laughs> or keep Again, quite, quite a lot of clinicians have invested that I've seen. Yeah, yeah it's probably over over twenty now from you know Oof. all areas of expertise. Um, you know, you know, if we include the likes of physiotherapists, podiatrists, <laughs> pharmacists, and then we get into you know the the um clinical side <laughs> ironically is... the people that actually use it on patients and see it work right <laughs> yeah, well, yeah that's an interesting <laughs> point too um as you mentioned you know orthopedics G- gps um wow. you know, we've got a few anaesthetists uh you know who have specialized in pain <laughs> all of whom have had personal experience or, or personal positive experiences um, if I've missed anyone and you're listening to this, I'm sincerely sorry. <laughs> James, James put me on the spot. Don't take your money back. <laughs> um, yeah, re, re, it's funny. I had a, uh, I was on a podcast the other day. Yeah. 
with one of our investors, actually, <laughs> Sammy <Very> Arian. <laughs> yes, uh, we're talking about uh, femtech and you know uh, particularly female health and those areas. And um, speaking again about about microcurrent, uh, one of the papers that um, Chloe Stoppel Clark, who's our microcurrent specialist, we discussed previously was um, the correlation or relationship between ATP and things like endometriosis and mm -hmm. infertility. And uh, uh, ATP being one of the, the uh, areas where microcurrent has been shown clinically and uh, in studies to have a, a, an influence. Mm. So uh, what I'm saying is, that is there a, a correlation or is there a, some relationship there? Well, we don't know yet. It's obviously mm. in the future to be explored. Um, but recently, um, one of our investors who's um, just come in is a uh, infertility specialist or fertility specialist. Oh wow! So you know, there's there's these conversations to be had, at, uh, you know, and and expertise in these areas and, and other areas of health to be explored. You know, dysmenorrhea um, or period pain, a, a, mm. a big one for our femtech division. Uh, you, you know, the the list goes on because everything that happens within the body is, uh, at, you know, in some way, shape, or form, an electrical process. And, you know, bioelectronics is the, the tapping in of that. This is it, right? Mm, mm. It's exciting, dude. It's exciting. It's plenty to, plenty to keep you busy. Plenty of uh, bits and bobs going on. Yeah, lots of deep breaths. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a growing team, surely. Yeah, I think how many, how gives you more stress than any other. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our our full time or our immediate team is is actually getting close to twenty. It's it's at eight, 18 as of today. Nice. And our extended team, in, you know, including our our consultants, etc., actually uh, heads out to I think twenty seven or something like that. Wow. Yeah. And uh, but um, yeah, that. That also takes a lot of deep breaths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And hopefully get a few of them on the podcast, right? Yes. Yes. We, we should have plenty of guests lined up for the rest of the year. Nice. Yeah. You've mm. definitely got them, uh, definitely got them in that list of 27, I imagine. That'll keep us busy <laughs> for the rest of the year. For sure. All right, James. Look, it's been um, great chatting. I think it's a, a good way to kick off the year. And, um, no, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot further in the future podcast, but thank you. Sounds good, mate. All the best. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Bioelectronics Podcast by Neurocore and for making it to the end of this episode. If you enjoyed it, remember to subscribe, rate us and leave a review. We'd much appreciate it. And you can head to the description of this episode to follow us on all of our socials so you don't miss out on any of the latest Bioelectronic content.